Hey, real quick, would you like to join me for a fun and super practical challenge to increase your online visibility? The Visibility Kickstarter Challenge is hosted by my friend Alina Vincent, who, if you don't know, she is the queen of online challenges. <clears throat> and that means that this is going to be one of the most actionable, value-packed, and fast-to-implement challenges that you have ever been a part of. I recently used her challenge method in my last launch, and it was the most effective challenge we have ever run, and it was easier than any, ever, any challenge we've ever run uh, as well. It is completely free, so if you want to join me, I'll be there. Head over to jenlaner.com forward slash 084 to sign up. And again, that's jenlaner, L-E-H-N-E-R.com forward slash 084. Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and you're listening to the Front Row Entrepreneur Podcast with our girl, Jen. Our guest today is founder and president of Flight New Media, a digital agency in Portland, Maine that's been in business for over 24 years. He is a nationally recognized speaker on entrepreneurship, digital marketing, and social media. He founded the Agents of Change, which is an awesome annual conference that I've attended twice, and a weekly podcast that focuses on search, social, and mobile marketing. He recently co-founded Fast Forward Maine, which is a podcast and workshop series for growing Maine businesses. He's the author of The Lead Machine, The Small Business Guide to Digital Marketing, a book that helps entrepreneurs and marketers reach more of their ideal customers online. And he has appeared in Inc. Magazine, The Huffington Post, Fast Company, CNN, The Social Media Examiner, and many other news sources for stories on digital marketing. He's also the tech guru on the evening news show 207, which airs on the NBC affiliates in Maine. Welcome to the Front Row Entrepreneur Podcast, Rich Brooks. Jen, it is so nice to be reconnected with you. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yes, this is your second time on the show, and I love talking to you because, well, you're just a wealth of information, and as I've said before, you've got that Winnie the Pooh voice, which makes it <laughs> like extra nice to listen to. So let's just jump right in. My first question for you, Rich, is why do so many businesses and entrepreneurs struggle with digital marketing? Wow. Well, that would open up a can of worms. There, there's probably thousands of reasons, uh, individual reasons why they struggle with it. Some people just don't understand it, don't believe in it, don't make the investment they need to. But I think one of the biggest issues is these days, even when people do understand, they understand the benefits of Facebook ads or SEO or whatever the case may be, is they don't have a real reason why people should be doing business with them. So they're, they're spending their money on Facebook ads, they're writing new blog content, they start a podcast, but they have nothing to say that hasn't been said before or that people need to hear. So part of it is a matter of, is the content you want to share something that people are really going to connect with? But how do we know like what I mean, for example, like I'm a marketer, like all marketers say the same things. Like, I mean, there's just certain fundamentals for marketers that we need to share with our audience. So how do we uncover, I guess, our own remarkability and stand out? Well, first of all, I'd say a couple of things. One is 
yes, you and I are both marketers and there's hundreds of thousands of marketers out there, but we do have our own way of sharing that content. And so part of it may just be in our voice, but I do agree, you know, I do believe in remarkability. I know that's why you wanted me to to talk about on the show. And so I, I do want to delve into that. Uh, the fact is, what we need to do is figure out how to stand out online and uncover or unleash our own remarkability so that then we can put it into all of our marketing channels. And I know that seems like something kind of intimidating. Like when I say to people like, well, what makes you remarkable? Most people just freeze like a deer in the uh, the headlamps. But this is not a new concept. I mean, the bottom line is we are always attracted to something that's new or different. It's just part of our human nature to be that way. Um, people have talked about this for a long time. I mean, Seth Godin has the purple cow. Uh, there's the blue ocean strategy. There is uh, the unique selling or value proposition. So my word for it is what makes you remarkable. And so what I was trying to do as trying to figure out why some people struggle so much is help them uncover what makes them remarkable and, and basically coming up with a formula that anybody can use on themselves to kind of uncover or create their own remarkability. And so I think that's the work that a lot of business owners and a lot of marketers need to be doing right now is to kind of go through that process and figure out what they need to do to kind of lean into their own remarkability. Okay, I love a formula. Like I can rock a template, a roadmap, a checklist. So like, could, can we dig into your formula and like just yeah. walk through each part of it? Okay. Absolutely. And so a lot of this is based on me, you know, like you said, I've been in business for almost 20, well, almost 25 years and just having people come to me for digital marketing, but really they haven't even done the basic steps of understanding who they are, who they serve, any of that sort of stuff. So when I'm working with a client and trying to figure out how are we going to position them, how are we going to set up their marketing, I use this idea called the remarkability formula. And there are four lenses to that formula, four lenses that you should use on yourself that will help you start to understand what makes you stand out, what makes you different than anybody else. And I'll tell them to you, and then I'd love to dive into each one, uh, one at a time. So it's find, focus, fashion, and frame. So those are the four lenses that I use when I'm trying to work with somebody to kind of uncover what they should be focusing on when it comes to their business and their marketing. Okay, cool. All right. So find, focus, fashion, and fame. All right. So what is, what's find? So find is where I like to start because it's the easiest. The bottom line is you're already doing something remarkable and therefore you don't have to change anything. Maybe you just have to promote it more. Maybe you need to lean into it a little bit more, but it already exists. So what I would ask people is why are people choosing you now? If you've been in business for a little while, is there something why people are choosing you? And the bottom line is there could be a lot of reasons and and some of them may not be all that remarkable. But what we're really looking for is what makes you stand out and what would be difficult for somebody to replicate. So one good example of this, when I first bought my first house, uh, it was in dire need of a paint job. And so what we did is, you know, we, we started to do some outreach to find, you know, some house painters. And, and you might be saying to yourself, well, what could be remarkable about house painting? Well, for me, the idea of getting a house painted was a little bit intimidating because 
I just had these visions of like people coming to the house and setting up shop there and, and uh, like just making a mess in my house for like days or weeks on end and not really the experience I wanted to have when I was first moving into my first home. One of the guys we talked to said, I can get the whole thing done in two days. I'm like, you're hired. So what happened is on the first day, he shows up with his crew. His crew is like four vans and 20 guys. And they come pouring out almost like a, a clown car pouring out of these four vans. And they basically hit the house. They set up the ladders. Uh, they may have been singing sea shanties. I don't really remember. Maybe I'm just remembering that wrong. But anyway, they're all done by the time the sun goes down. And then two days later, they show up and they do the second coat. I mean, it was really a phenomenal experience. And every one of my neighbors noticed this. They noticed this huge team coming and attacking my home and the before and after that they saw there. And that's a great example of somebody doing something remarkable. Uh, nobody else was doing it. Nobody else had a team that big. It's not easy to replicate, especially in today's job market. But even back then, it's hard for a painting company, especially in Maine, where it might be seasonal, to keep 20 people on the payroll. So that's a good example of somebody who already had something remarkable going on in their business. And it's just a matter, are they leveraging it enough when it comes to their to their marketing and to their outreach and to their advertisements? Yeah. And you know what I was thinking is like, well, I think like if you're in a boring industry, like what well, I think, I mean, the people in it don't think it's boring, but like I would think I would think accounting is boring. I would think insurance is boring because that stuff is boring to me, right? And then maybe you ask yourself like, well, what in the world? Like, what could I could I say is remarkable? But then I was thinking about, um, oh, I can't remember the example. It was like some beer company a long time ago said, oh, I know what it was. Like, we use the XYZ um cleansing process, like hygiene process to make sure that our beer is not only like super great tasting, but also like very hygienic. It, it was the essential, was the, was the gist of it. But what was clever was that every beer company did that. It was like industry standard, like you had to do that, but they pulled it out. You know, I guess it's a way also a lot of brands will say like gluten-free, but like they were always gluten-free. Right. So, it's potato chips. Of course it's gluten-free. Right. <laughs> so we, but so we could, so maybe if you're in insurance and you can't think of like, like, you know, I'm not going to, I don't know. I can't even think of one single thing that would be remarkable about insurance, but I mean, unless like I buy you lunch every day, every time, or, you know, I don't know, but maybe you pull something out that is industry required, but, um, but everybody doesn't know about it. Am, right. am I, it's, like, you could be, I don't know that I would put that in remarkable because everybody's doing it, but I understand from a marketing or advertising side of things. And I, I've heard those stories before where you just start talking about it in a, a way and everybody's like, oh my God, that's fantastic. And everybody in the industry is like, but we've always been doing that. But then it's very easy to replicate. Somebody else could come out and say, yes, we've been doing it and we've been doing it longer than they have. No, so right. I would, I would, and I'm not saying that that's not a great idea to do, but I'm saying that if you really want to uncover something that's remarkable, and the goal here is that when you do uncover this and you really step into it and own it, you're going to find that you attract more of the right type of clients, not the wrong type of clients, and there are the wrong type of clients, that it is very difficult to compete with you because whatever this thing is, it's not easy to replicate. And if everybody in your industry is already doing it, then it's certainly easy to replicate. And once you're able to do that, then 
your marketing becomes much more effective and much easier to do. And that's really the challenge that I found is a lot of people, no matter how much money they were throwing at their their digital marketing agencies, they weren't getting any kind of return on their investment because nobody cared. Like that's the whole thing. It's like people have to care. And yes, in the example you just gave, people care, but once they are educated, they may not care anymore because they realize, well, I'm getting that from every single beer. Okay, so sorry to stick on this one thing, but no, it's I think I think it's, you know, I think this is very tough for people who feel like they're doing something that is kind of vanilla or everybody else is doing it and they're pretty much doing it the way everybody is doing it. But then I was thinking, okay, what if you, okay, let's look at your Agents of Change conference. I think one of the unique things about your conference in Maine is that it's more intimate than most, but the caliber of the people who come are every bit as good, if not better than most every other marketing conference. So you appeal to to small business owners um, locally and then well beyond Maine um, because people feel like they could get a hands-on uh, experience. They can actually talk with the experts and workshop with the experts and that sort of thing. So would that be an example of something that you would use for for remarkability for your conference? So it's interesting. I've never really thought about it. I, I do talk about the Agents of Change conference when I'm talking about remarkability, but I actually use it in a later section. So let, let's hold off on that. Let's okay, circle okay. back around because I want, I understand what you're saying. A lot of people don't know what's remarkable about their own business and there may not be anything yet that is remarkable. A couple other examples of fine though, because you know, you could have a very boring business or boring industry, but there may be something that's remarkable in the way that you do it. So one example is price. Now, just lowering your price, not remarkable at all, could be actually a terrible business decision, but you know, going to the extremes on price could be really fascinating So, or remarkable. So as an example, uh, you and I probably both remember Columbia Record House, right? 11 mm -hmm. records for one yeah. penny. <laughs> yes. That is remarkable. Not only that, I didn't even have to go down to my local record store because they'd send me a catalog every month. So that's kind of an example of remarkable pricing. It got people talking about it. On the other side, you might decide to have something that your prices are so high, it's remarkable. And a good example of that is Grey Goose Vodka. When it first came to market, it could have competed as a premium vodka and sold for about $17 a bottle, which is what it was going for right then, or maybe a couple dollars less. Instead, they're like, we are actually a super premium uh, vodka, and it's $30 a bottle. And hmm. suddenly, everybody had to have this, right? Because mm -hmm. it was remarkable. It, it told a story. It told a story about the quality of the drink. It told a story about how wealthy and affluent I am because I can have it on display. So that's an example. Or if you can't be the least expensive or the most expensive, look at Radiohead. Radiohead decided to release an album on the internet and said, pay what you think it's worth. And they had, you know, that was amazing. And although it was a little controversial at the time, they ended up in the first, I think it was three months. They released it three months just digitally, pay what you will model. That three months generated more revenue for them than their previous album had sold totally. And then when they actually took the exact same song list, same songs, and put it out as a CD, people bought so many copies of the CD that it actually entered the Billboard 100 at number one. So that's a pretty remarkable pricing structure too. So 
It could be your pricing. It could be your delivery system is something remarkable. It could be the people. I'm not just saying that the, you have good people working for you, but there's something remarkable about the people that work for you. Mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. that you can't just necessarily teach in a customer service class, but people just love that. Or like you, they're a thought leader. So people want to work with them because, you know, they're out there and they're, they're, explaining things in a new way. Uh, they're up on stage, they're presenting. And so that will often help uh, attract new types of business to it. So there's a lot of things that you can find that are already going on in your business that may make you remarkable. And the point of this whole exercise and the four lenses is to find not one thing that's remarkable, but go into each one of these four lenses and see if there's something, if there's not always something in every category. But there's usually at least one or two in the four categories, in the four lenses, and start to see how you can layer those on top of themselves. So even if something's maybe not fully remarkable, when you actually combine it with something else from another lens, now it is remarkable. Now you really stand alone. Got it. Okay. And then one last thing, would it be a good idea... Um, and I know I did this early on in my business when I didn't really even know what direction I was going in, uh, to just send that email out, you know, that says I'm exploring uh, a new direction in my business or, or I'm curious, what do you think of, how does it go? It's like you, you ask people basically like what their favorite things are about your business. Um, what stands out to them about your business? You don't have to do your whole email list, but you know, just a focus group sort of and see what Absolutely. they Actually, I'm glad you brought that up because that is something I often talk about. If you already are in business and you have a community of customers that you can reach out to, do a survey with them, send out a survey or pick up the phone and and talk to them depending on the size of your audience. That may depend whether you want to go with a big survey or whether you want to get one-on-one phone calls with people. But absolutely, because very often there may be a reason people choose you that you didn't even think was really a compelling argument. And all of a sudden you hear that from two or three people and they're like, oh yeah, no, I chose you because you know, you're the only person who would deliver my deliver my newspaper by boat. I have no idea. I just <laughs> made that up. But you know, whatever it right. is, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so absolutely, if you have a client base, you should be talking to them for a million different reasons, but specifically now for uncovering what may already be remarkable in your business. Okay, awesome. All right. Now let's move on to focus. What's that yeah, about? So focus is a powerful one, and this is really just about niching down. So it's about serving a smaller audience, and that actually gets most entrepreneurs, most business owners, really nervous because they just want more and more and more business, and so they try and cast a wider and wider net, and I'm actually suggesting the opposite may be in your best interest. And the whole idea here is just what can you do to serve a smaller audience And by doing so, it actually will increase your value to that audience. Uh, That audience will feel served, especially if it was an underserved uh, community in the past in some way. So that could mean different things to different people. And before I give some examples, I I just want to say any one of the things I might mention right now could be good or bad for your business. I'm not necessarily saying any of these ideas are good or bad. This is about just narrowing the focus. It's about the remarkability formula. For example, one way that you could become more remarkable is by narrowing the delivery of your services. And you know, you might say, well, wouldn't it be better if I just expanded my service area? Yeah, it could be. But if you said, I'm only going to serve people in this neighborhood or this geographic territory, it does a lot of things to your business. First of all, those people feel special. 
but also it could save you money. I, when I first moved into my newest house, I called up uh, the people who had the cheapest oil prices around and they said, I'm sorry, you're out of our territory. I was out of their territory by one block and they would not, they would not go the extra block for me. And to be honest, because I was doing this kind of work, I was like, kudos to you because they probably know we can be more cost efficient and we keep our prices down because we won't drive more than this distance to make an oil delivery. Okay. What kind of oil? Like oil? Just, just house oil, like heating oil. What is house oil? Okay. I Can totally don't, I have no idea. We have How a boiler. How do you heat your house? We have a boiler, which is heated by water. How like, does the water get heated though? I have no idea. Propane, <laughs> oil delivery, electric, Yeah, yeah but we don't have oil delivered. I, okay. Well, in Maine, it's very popular to have oil delivered. So these giant oil trucks show up and there's a hole sticking out of your house and they put their hose into that hole and they fill up these giant oil tanks, 250 gallons in my basement once a month. And that's how we keep uh, from freezing to death. So there you go. Learn something new on the show today. I tell you, don't light a match in the basement though. It sounds super dangerous. No, it's very safe. It's very safe. All right. Okay. So what ended up happening? I had to go to another dealer, which was fine. But you know, the point is here, it's like, Think about who you serve and is there a way of narrowing that down? So maybe, you know, you're going to only, if you have a bakery, you're only going to do gluten-free, you know, and all of a sudden a lot of people won't, won't want that because they didn't look, they're not looking for gluten-free, but you're going to find that community of gluten-free donut lovers that suddenly it's like, you're the answer to all their problems. And so they're going to seek you out. And what's interesting about focus is people are much more willing to pay a higher price for a company or person that serves a smaller audience. So when I was doing my research into this, um, I discovered that I think it was in 2019, the average in America, the average primary care physician made a pretty respectable $247,000 a year. However, the average specialist made $399,000 in that same year. So a doctor who actually literally knows less and is less likely to be able to help you made almost twice as much, made $150,000 more than the doctor who knows a little bit of everything. Because if we have a problem with our knee, we're going to go see a knee doctor and we recognize that specialist, this is all they know. They've gotten so good at it, so we're willing to pay more, or at least our insurance companies are willing to pay more for that. So this is another benefit of really narrowing your focus. When you serve a smaller audience, that can in and of itself make you more remarkable, at least to that audience. Yeah. I've always wanted to do that, but I've been scared. I remember seeing a cat vet. Is that a thing? Like in Maine, like I saw a cat vet. There is actually a cat veterinarian uh, that I used to pass on my way to work. So yeah, absolutely. And I always thought that was a good idea. I'm like, you know, that's... If, I mean, if cats are your thing. As long as there's enough cats in the community to right. keep you busy, then yes, every cat owner is going to be like, well, this vet only treats cats. They're not wasting their time on dogs and hamsters. So bottom line is he or she must be the best cat vet there is. So of course I'm going to go there and I'm happy to pay a premium for that right. Okay. All right. So focus. We've got find, we've got focus. Fashion? We this have one's to look tougher here? for yeah. This one's a little bit tougher for people to wrap their heads around. And usually, when I'm doing some of these consults, this is the one where they go, they have to go off and then come back to me at a later date to kind of talk about this. So maybe you feel that there's nothing remarkable yet in your business, and that there's no way to focus, narrow your focus, niche down any further. So fashion becomes something that 
is not no, we're not talking David Bowie fashion. We're not talking catwalk fashion. We're talking about fashion in terms of making something, fashioning something. So the idea here is what can you fashion? What is not intrinsic to your core offering, but maybe is in alignment with your mission, vision, or values? So this is where I want to bring up the Agents of Change Conference. So you, you mentioned this earlier. Uh, this was not the original point of the Agents of Change Conference was to fashion something remarkable. Uh, it really just came out of, I wanted to put on digital marketing conferences uh, that were like the ones I was attending out of state, but I wanted to host it right here in Maine. So that's where the idea came from. But it ended up being a really uh, a remarkable thing for Flight New Media, my digital agency. Because what happened is you don't have to attend the agents of change to hire Flight New Media, nor do you need to work with Flight New ne Media to attend the agents of change. The Agents of Change is all about search, social, and mobile marketing, and it's really kind of a, an inspirational brand or a do-it-yourself brand. And then Flight New Media is about the same exact thing, but it's more like the done-for-you approach. So Agents of Change is definitely in alignment with Flight New Media's mission statement. So I put on these conferences. We get like 300 to 400 people in the audience. I stand up on stage, and everybody sees me as the MC of Agents of Change, but they also see me as the president of Flight. And what happened is, of course, when people, businesses come to me and they say, we need a website, we need SEO, we need social media, of course, at some point I ask them, how did you hear of us? And what often is the response is, I've been going to Agents of Change for years, but I'm finally ready to have a new website, or I'm finally ready to optimize my site for search. And it was because we put on this conference that all of a sudden we're getting this business. So we fashioned something, we created something that was not intrinsic to the actual offering of us building you a website, but because of this, we were able to capitalize and grow our business. And there's a lot of other examples of this out there. Uh, one example that I absolutely adore is Barilla Pasta. And Barilla Pasta is a popular pasta brand. And um, I'm sure everybody who's listening right now has had the experience of uh, they put pasta onto boil and they get distracted, they get a phone call, something happens, and suddenly they've got very mushy pasta. And so what Barilla did is they set up Spotify playlists for each one of their pasta types. So there's like a boom, bam, fusilli playlist. And then there's like one for spaghetti or there's actually two for spaghetti and, and all these different playlists that they have that are the exact length to cook your pasta al dente. That's genius. And it's genius. And people may say, but you could just ask, I won't say the real name, but Lexi to set a timer for you, right? Or you might just, you know, to, uh, say Siri set a timer for me, or you might have a Like, yes, I get it. It's not essential to the whole experience. But first of all, it gets people talking. Secondly, these things have been favorited and downloaded to, or listened to tens of thousands of times on Spotify. And of course, then people talk about them and they link to them. And every album has Italian covers of popular songs. And the artwork for the playlist is done by Italian artists. And it all plays into this idea of Barilla saying, cooking is art. All of those things come together perfectly in this Spotify playlist, which then everybody loves the idea of it and they share it with their friends. And that's remarkable. Okay. So not to put you on the spot, because I hate when people do this to me and I'm not feeling <laughs> creative. Okay. So if you don't have an example, it's fine. But I'm trying to think of an example for like, um, like an online coach or consultant for fashioning something like that. What can you think of something? 
Well, you know, stealing from my own idea, putting on some sort of conference or event that doesn't require people to necessarily work with you is a tried and true method of doing something like this. Although I would try and make the event something special. Like Agents of Change is not a lunch and learn. We're not competing with lunch and learns. We we put on, like you said, kind of a world-class event with a small, intimate audience, but we've got some of the biggest speakers in digital marketing coming to, of all places, Portland, Maine, to do this. So I'm not talking about just putting on a lunch and learn at the Chamber of Commerce. I'm talking about doing something special. Another thing that you might take a look at is if you had a specialty in your coaching, maybe you only coach women, maybe you only coach... uh, people with disabilities. Maybe you only coach people at a certain level of their career, whatever it is. There's a reason you probably chose that audience. Maybe there's something in there for you, something that, you know, from your past that you really want to serve this audience. What else could you do to serve this audience? So in other words, maybe you could do some sort of scholarship. So if you book a coaching, a six-month coaching session with me, I am going to coach a woman who's just been released from prison for three months for free. You are going to be giving this woman three months of life coaching because you chose for me. So that's just something off the top of my head. I'm sure there are problems with that issue, but whatever might be your level of passion, or maybe it's serving an underserved community. If you work with me on this project, I'm going to set up a scholarship. Uh, It's going to fund the scholarship. So that would be something where it would be something you're fashioning, something you're creating kind of out of thin air, but is in alignment with your mission and vision and values. And also is not required for people to do work with you. I love that. Okay. All right. So uh, now we're moving on to frame. What do you mean by frame? Yeah. So this is another one. We saved all the tough ones for the end. Uh, So frame is another, it's kind of another way of looking at things. So we're talking about reframing what we already offer. And the best way for me to explain this is actually give an example. Uh, And this example comes from... I always blank on this guy's name. Um, It'll come back to me. He wrote The Introvert's Edge. Matthew, I'm blanking on the last name. Um, But he was a business coach and he would really, he was excellent at helping people reframe their business. So this woman came to him and she had been teaching Mandarin in the San Francisco area for years and years and years. Very successful business. And then all of a sudden with the advent of the internet, she all of a sudden has all these low price competitors who are just getting into the market, charging significantly less than she is. And she's also getting people from China who are able to use new technologies to actually, you know, and, and they're charging so much less she could never compete with them. And she starts to lose all of her business. She's not sure what's going to happen. She ends up working with this guy, Matthew, and he starts asking about some of her current clients. And a couple of her clients were actually business people who had just gotten a transfer order from their company and were moving to China with their families. And so she was saying that not only was she teaching those people Mandarin, but she was also teaching them business etiquette and different things to expect and how to handle certain situations that might come up in a business setting. And she was also helping by teaching their spouses and children Chinese or Mandarin as well, because one of the biggest problems had been that somebody would go over there with their family, their family would basically have such a horrible uh, integration experience that the whole thing would fall apart and the, the executive would demand to move home and all that money and effort and time was wasted. So she was all, and he's like, oh, so you kind of help people succeed in China. And she's like, well, yeah, I, I guess I do. He goes, from now on, you're the China success coach. And you're oh. only going to take on clients who are being transferred to 
China and you're going to give them all these additional services. It was what she was already doing. He just reframed it for her. And then the other thing that they did, which I thought was interesting, is they went and they marketed this service to the recruitment officers who were responsible for getting that process moving to move people to China because they knew that they knew all the people who were going to be transferred. So what they did is they took that idea of frame, but they also combined it with a little bit of focus in terms of who they were speaking to. And that's what made that business truly remarkable. And from that point on, the business just took off because she was no longer competing with the uh, you know intro-level Mandarin speakers or the Chinese uh, nationals who were just using this technology. She was serving a very specific audience in a way that they couldn't compete with that. I love it. Well, we need one more example, though. I like to fully see this. Um, can now we go? You're asking me to be creative. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> but let's can we bring it back to to uh, like a coaching consulting kind of a person? Um, I'm thinking, OK, well, here's one that that you just tell me. I'll just I'm going to think out loud here. So I have a client who um, she had a program and it was called. Uh, cartography, and it was how to. It was kind of like what color is your is your parachute, mm-hmm. um, and it was a really good program, really really good. And the people who took the program had good things to say about it. But as it's uh, just sitting there as cartography, um, it, it it was just kind of sitting there. And then she um, she after some further investigation into herself and her business, uh, she started focusing more on ADD, ADHD, and women with ADHD. And so she reframed cartography to be more about your ADHD brain is okay. Same program, but now it's reframed. Would would that be an example of reframing? She's- It could also be a, you know, an example of focus. And I guess this is an important- thing to mention is I came up with these four things, right? I like these were after looking at a bunch of examples of companies that had somehow become remarkable or experiences that I'd had or things we've worked on with clients and finding these examples of remarkability. These are words that I came up with as best categorized it. So what you're talking about could be an example of focus or it could be an example of frame. And I would tell people that's not what's important here. Like these are just tools to get you further along. You may not have something in every category. In fact, I'd be amazed if you did have something in every single category. It's more about using these four lenses as ways of of uncovering or creating something that would get people to remark upon your business and would make your marketing so much easier. So if she was also doing other things as part of her services that were dedicated to ADHD, and then she became like an ADHD coach, she rebranded herself, reframed it, then I'd say that's a good example of, of, of frame. Frame is like find in the fact it already exists, but you just need to turn the spotlight in a different way so people see it from a different angle. Yeah. And actually that is what she ended up doing. Like she completely just rebranded. And in fact, she has like the number one ADHD podcast in the world. There you go. Shout out to Tracy Atsuka. Okay. um, So once we've identified what makes us remarkable, how do we leverage that in our marketing? Yeah. So uh, like I 
promised at the beginning of the uh, interview, this will make your marketing easier and more effective. And you can use it in so many different ways. Focus obviously uh, really is about, or, or it could be about who you serve. Once you really get clear on that, once you understand who your ideal customer or customers are, all the content you're creating becomes easier because you're writing for that individual person. And it's much easier to write for a single person than it is to write for a wide group. But also, it could also help focus like if you're doing Facebook ads or Google ads and you need to geographically target people, you know, that's a good way where all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, I only want to serve people who are coming up from this area to whatever it is. So you can start to narrow the focus of some of your advertising campaigns as well. And then fashion, you know, the bottom line is you can create things. One of the things that you might be able to do is enter a platform where you would not normally be expected to be, but you show up in that place. So, you know, People who are teaching people how to get jobs on TikTok might be a good example of that. It's remarkable because they've never been, that's not what you would expect to find there. You might expect to find them on LinkedIn, not on TikTok. So those are some ways in which you can start to use that in your marketing. But again, it's really about like, who am I serving? And so you're going to narrow the, the content and the copy and the photographs to really narrow down on that audience. And whenever an audience feels like it's special, it's going to more resonate with your message. Um, it's also going to help in terms of your targeting for your advertising as well. And just using that language throughout all of your content um, and understanding that, putting it into your blog post and everything else, all of those things become more interesting. And when you are able to market the fact that uh, you can get something painted in two days because you have the largest staff of any painter in the area, those are the kind of things that people pick up on and suddenly it pops out at them. Because the bottom line is we see too many ads, we see too much content on social media. There has to be something that's really different. Which, which brings up a good point that I hadn't touched on yet is that remarkability is really in the eye of the beholder here. So you may think something's remarkable, but if no one else thinks that's remarkable, even if it is, even if you're the only person doing it, then it's not remarkable because you need to get other people to remark on what you're doing. And this is why, like you brought up earlier, you should be surveying your current audience because they may bring up things that you had no idea they thought were important. And then once you hear that, you're like, oh, so from now on, this is what I'm going to put into my sales copy. This is what I'm going to put into my email newsletters. This is what I'm going to put into my ads and my landing pages. I love it. And, you know, I think you could be seasonally remarkable or remarkable like at certain times about certain things. I was just thinking like if people just said, I have a journal, I, I have a journal you could buy, I have a diary, you could buy a calendar, a planner, and they're in stock and can be delivered within two days. I mean, everything, everything is out of stock. Everything like rental cars, you can't get a rental car, you can't get uh, furniture, you can't get anything right now. I don't know how long this is going to last. Hopefully not very long, but that by itself could be, um, right. You could be remarkable Absolutely. in the moment. Yeah. There may be right. I've never thought of it like that, but yeah, remarkability. In fact, I do talk about remarkability is not permanent because once you do something, the next time you do it, it's immediately less remarkable or other people may jump on that bandwagon. But yes, right now, if you have a used car, you're remarkable a used car for sale because for sale. I know that yeah. it's so hard to find used cars right now and there's so many supply chain issues. But at the end of this, like, yes, there's fine focus, fashion and frame. What I would recommend for people is to just go through this exercise, 
write down the kind of things that they want to that you know what they find or or focus about their business that might be remarkable and that in and of itself might help clarify some of the ideas and suddenly you're not doing these me too ads or these me too blog posts and you're creating something that's fresh and relevant for your audience and suddenly they're taking notice and they're talking you up to everybody else so you know those are the kind of things that can happen when you really figure out how to stand out online, and what makes you remarkable. I love it. Thank you so much, Rich. I really appreciate you being here with me today. Listeners, Rich has this fantastic book, and the book is called uh, The Lead Machine, The Small Business Guide to Digital Marketing. And if you head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review for this flash briefing, I'm going to send you a copy of his book. So make sure and do that today. And if you are in need of any marketing services at all, including um, SEO, website creation, just all the marketing things, you can go to takeflight.com and that's spelled F-L-Y-T-E. And you got to go and um, listen to his podcast, The Agents of Change. And you could go to theagentsofchange.com to learn more about that. Rich, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being with us here today. I really learned a lot. Absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, Jim. After you leave your five-star review, make sure and take a screenshot and send it to support at jenlaner.com along with your mailing address. And I'll get the book right out to you.